0: Hello, fellow rebel Capitals. Hope you're well. So this article just came out of the New York Times, and it's absolutely staggering when you actually think about what this means and maybe more importantly, what it means for the rest of 2023 and moving into 2024 when you compare the time that we are living in right now to 2008, and the GFC. Let's get right over to this article from the New York Times. You'll see exactly what I'm referring to. But before we do, I want to remind everyone to get their tickets to Rebel Capitals Live, ASAP. There's only like two weeks left, guys. You got to get on the ball here. You don't want to miss out. See speakers like Peter Schiff, Mike Maloney, Lynn Alden, Brent Johnson, Jeff Snyder, just to name a few. You can get your tickets at rebelcapitalistlive.com. Now let's go over to this New York Times article. Three failed banks this year were bigger than the 25 that crumbled in 2008. You know, I actually did a whiteboard video on this topic this morning. And Before I did the whiteboard video, I hadn't really thought about it, but I asked myself, okay, how do we know right now as we speak, why is today not as bad as the depths of the crisis in 2008? Well, I said, well, the banking system is a lot more stable. That was my first just initial reaction, my initial thought. Okay, how? How was I coming to that conclusion? The banking system is more stable. Maybe there's some banks that are more stable. Is the whole system more stable? I, I don't know. Not looking at this chart, because when you add up the total of the bank failures in 2023 and you adjust for inflation, the number is higher today than it was in 2008. Right here. Here's the chart. You can see the bank failures starting at uh, 2001. 2001. We go all the way to 2023. So this is the total amount, the, the, the value, the total value of the banks that fail or the asset side of their balance sheet, the total assets of these banks. So as you can see, in 2008, we got up to call it $525 billion. Today, we're higher than that. 500 and let's call it $35 billion, and that's adjusted for inflation. If we had a banking crisis in 2008, what do we have today when the amount of failures has exceeded the amount that we saw in 2008? And so then I asked myself the question, okay, well, since that's a bigger number, what else? What other conclusions would I come to or what other argument would I have for today not being as bad? Well, the unemployment rate. The stock market, the housing market. You could argue that, well, George, yeah, there's been more banks or the amount, the value of the failures have been bigger, but we haven't seen as many banks fail. I don't know if that's a very valid argument, but there's not as much systemic risk. I think that's the pushback that you'd get from your friend and family member, Fred. Okay, well, let's just dive into that for a moment here. First and foremost, before we leave this chart, I want to point out, That although the total assets or the size, the amount of failures has been larger in 2023, keep in mind, we're only in May. This was for the whole year in 2008. So we've got another, what, seven months left in this year, and we're already higher than we were in 2008. Before we leave this chart. Next, let's talk about some systemic risk. So here is a chart of housing, and this is a very important chart. I think this is the best one you can look at because it's the the, the price compared to income. That's the most important metric in my mind. So we can see the price to income ratio in 2006, right here. Where is it today? Higher, even though we've seen prices come down recently, it's still higher. In other words, the bubble, you want to call it systemic risk, whatever, is greater today than it was in 2008. They say, oh, George, well, the supply side or blah, 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 blah whatever you want to throw there. Fine, 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 fine. But when you look at the price to income ratio, it's more out of whack today, which would imply it's a bigger problem today than it was in 2008. Say, oh, George, there's not the subprime crisis. There's not this and that. Oh, great. Now we've got subprime loans or excuse me, subprime auto loans. If you say, oh, George, well, that's a lot different than some private mortgages. Great. Now we've got commercial real estate and that's crashing and not by a little. Here's a price or here's a chart of commercial property prices. And this is as of April, 2020 that, I mean, if we had a, a chart today, it would be a lot lower. It'd be a lot worse than this. So this market is already starting to collapse. You say, oh, George, well, that's no big deal. That's just commercial real estate. Oh, great. That's $20 trillion market. And you don't think the banks have exposure to this? You don't think there's any systemic risk on the bank's balance sheets? Where, where did they get these loans for commercial real estate? And and by the way, let's look at let's compare this to residential real estate, which is about 35 trillion. Okay, well, how many of those homes that equal the 35 trillion are owned outright? Even going back to 2008, I would say. I've done actually whiteboard videos on this. If my memory serves me right is about 50%. So that takes the 35 trillion number down to let's say 17.5. Okay. Well, what percentage of commercial real estate is owned outright? Basically goose egg because (laughs) once, once you get some equity in there, the the people, the the pros, they're going to strip out that equity. They're going to borrow against that asset. We're, owner-occupants of homes aren't as likely to do that. So I would argue that there's a, a a decent chance that there's just as many, or when you look at the total dollar amount, there's just as much exposure to commercial real estate as there was to residential real estate on the bank's balance sheets. And keep in mind, what, it ha- what happened over this weekend? First Republic, they went bust. Why? It was in part due to the fact that a lot of this commercial real estate on their balance sheet. So are we to assume that they're the last bank that's going to have a problem with this? I think that's a bad assumption. And I think if you assume that, you're whistling past the graveyard. What proof would I give you? Well, let's look at the CNBC homepage right now. Hello, fellow rebel capitalists. Got a quick question for you. Are you someone that realizes we are headed straight for an economic recession? Maybe even worse. You also realize that the government is trying to restrict your freedom, liberty, and privacy on a daily basis. We've all heard in the news lately about central bank digital currencies, and it's not a matter of if we get them, it's simply a matter of when. But although you know we're facing all of these problems, you don't know what to do about it. How do you protect your wealth or grow your wealth when we're dealing with a very, Volatile economic environment? Or how do you maintain or increase your freedom and privacy when we have this woke Orwellian government that's trying to micromanage your life? Well, fortunately, got some good news for you. I have set up an event that is focused on helping you, the rebel capitalist, find solutions to these problems. It's all set up to help you build wealth and thrive in this world of out of control central banks and big governments. That event is Rebel Capitalist Live. It's going to be absolutely incredible. It's in Orlando, May 12th to the 14th. We're going to have speakers like Peter Schiff, Mike Maloney, Lynn Alden, Chris McIntosh, Brent Johnson, Jeff Snyder, Robert Barnes, just to name a few. So to get more information on how you can attend this incredible event that's going to give you actionable intel that will help you prepare for the rest of 2023 and beyond, Go to rebelcapitalistlive.com, and I will see you in Orlando. West, another one of these banks. Share price falls 30% as regional bank stocks slide to new lows. That's from today. That's after J.P. Morgan came in and was basically gifted First Republic. Me Diamond says, "Oh, the coast is clear. This is the, the 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 last part of the crisis." Now, two days later, we've got Pac West blowing up. Now, will they go the way of First Republic and Signature and Stupid Valley Bank? I don't know, but I I would give the odds pretty damn high based on what we've seen. And then after Pacific, what then? What you know? Again, we're only in May, guys. We got the whole. And by the way, let's think about the yield curve, and let's think about all of these esoteric curves that Snyder talks about. That's predicting that the Fed is going to be dropping rates by over a hundred basis points by the end of this year. But those rate hikes aren't being predicted until the end of the summer. So think about that. We're only in May. We've got May, June, July, August to go. How many more bank failures will we have before the Fed starts dropping rates? And you guys know from watching my videos that the, the, the stuff doesn't hit the fan or the biggest impact of the crisis doesn't occur until after the Fed starts dropping rates, not before. So what that tells us is that the probability is very high that what we have seen throughout 2023 that already exceeds 2008, as far as in terms of these banking collapses, uh, it will most likely get far worse throughout the rest of the summer and get way worse into the fall and winter. So then the comeback is going to be okay, George. I get what you're saying, but the stock market, it's very resilient right now, and the stock market is also predicting that the Fed is going to be lowering rates. And oh my gosh, it's it's, you know, no systemic risk there. I mean, think about 2008, 2009, the stock market was crashing. Okay, yeah, no systemic risk. Here's a chart of the Buffett indicator. Where were we? in 2007. Oh yeah. Right here. Barely above the historic mean. Where are we now? Way above it. Now it's true. We're not as high as we were back in 20, the end of 2021, but we're still way above the valuations. In other words, are way above using the Buffett indicator where they were in 2007. So again, I would argue there's more systemic risk here than we saw leading up to the middle of 2008. And then the argument is going to be, George, this is crazy talk. There is no way this is going to be you know, half as bad as what we saw in 2008. There's no way it's going to be worse. I mean, the unemployment rate is at 3.5%, says your friend and family member Fred. Oh, well, let's look at a chart of that. Here's going back to the 1940s, nineteen forty eight. Every single one of these yellow bars represents a recession. Okay. This blue line represents the unemployment rate, seasonally, seasonally adjusted. Great. So let's go back to the 1940s, and we had a recession, looks like in 1948. Where was unemployment? Ah, very low, under 4%. And then what happened? We had the recession, and unemployment went from under 4%, call it 3.7, up to 8%. Let's go to the next recession. Unemployment, 2.5%, <laughs> roughly. And then we have a recession, and it goes up to over 6%. Every, and I'm not going to go over every single one, but I don't have to because it's a broken record. It happens the exact same every single time. Unemployment goes down, 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 to where it gets very, very low, and then boom. You get a recession and the unemployment rate spikes much, much higher. Okay, great. Now let's take a step back. And you guys know from watching my videos, you guys know from looking at charts that the recession, the official recession, usually doesn't hit until the yield curve is no longer inverted. Why? Because the Fed is dropping rates at the front end of the curve. That's when unemployment usually spikes a lot higher. So I've got a question for you. Very easy to answer. Is the Fed going to be, is the Fed hiking rates now? Or are they going to be hiking, or excuse me, are the Fed dropping rates to now? Or are they going to be dropping rates in the future? Answer, the future. So therefore, the probability is extremely high that we will see the unemployment rate spike a lot higher when the Fed drops rates. Now, let's assume that they're dropping rates like these esoteric curves that Snyder talks about, let's assume that they're uh, that they're going to be they're going to follow the prediction of these curves, and the Fed's going to drop rates. Let's say in October of this year. Okay, so then they drop rates by hundred basis points. That means that if history is any teacher, going back to the 1940s, for heaven's sakes, that the unemployment rate will go up to at least let's say six, seven, eight, nine percent, if not higher okay, great. Let's just assume for a moment the unemployment rate does go up to 8%. What happens to bank failures then? You see, we're having all these bank failures and the unemployment rates at 3.5%. We're having all of these problems. The housing market is starting to come down. That's at 3.5%. We had negative GDP a couple quarters back. We've got the inversion of the yield curve. We've got all these problems that we've been discussing on this channel. In fact, yesterday, We did a video on how 21%, well, let me give you an exact number, about 35 or 40 million Americans right now are depending on buy buy now, pay later loans just to buy groceries. And that's at 3.5%. So what does the economy look like? What does the banking crisis look like? What does commercial real estate look like? What does residential real estate look like? When the unemployment rate, goes from a very, very low number to a very, very high number, which if history is any teacher, it most likely will by the end of this year. Does that scenario get close to the GFC? In my opinion, I think that scenario could exceed the GFC. And the proof is right here in the pudding. All right, guys, we got to pay attention to this stuff. It's most likely going to be a very, very volatile year. And as always, we're going to be following it on this channel. So make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market, capitalism. Uh, now is a great time to get your tickets to Rebel Capitalist Live at rebelcapitalistlive.com so you can educate yourself, have an edge, and make sure that you're prepared for this economic tsunami that's likely coming our way. I'll see you in the next video. I look forward to seeing you in Orlando, May 12th through the 14th.